Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And today, we are going to talk about something that might be a bit controversial because of the standing narrative when it comes to teamwork. And you've heard many times, like I have heard, the statement, there is no I in team. Raise your hand or just nod your head if you have heard that before. Okay, now we're on the same page. So let me introduce then what our topic will be today in discussing where I'm going to take an opposing view. I'm going to say smart leaders put the I back into team. Wow. And and no, it, it may be going against the grain of what has been accepted to be true and to be possibly given by God. And so it never should be challenged. It should never be changed. But should it not be challenged? Should it not be changed or at least examined? Where did that ever come from? Who is it that was the expert, the individual or individuals who decided that I should no longer be in team. And I get and I understand possibly where most people who kind of joined that side, and I did at one time, I would spout so quickly and so easily this phrase, there is no I in team. And initially, when you think about it, people would say team is spelled T-E-A-M, therefore there's no I in it, okay? And I get that, plain words. But also, they would say that because they're trying to push teamwork. Again, I salute that. I applaud and I am for the idea of teamwork. So, whatever you hear me say today, do not, if you leave at the end of this episode and you still think that I'm against teamwork, then you're, you, you missed it. You may need to go back and listen to the whole episode and see where I'm coming from. Because I, I again, like I want to say this, whoever, whoever came up with a clever cliche and this cleverly put 
statement and which we have bought into for many years, they, I would say, or he or she was very well intended. And maybe it was just said in, in, in a jester. Who knows that if it was not somebody who wanted to just be funny and just say, hey, there is no, or, or sarcastic, right? There is no I in team and possibly getting at somebody to get their act together, get on the team, get to work, pull up your bootstraps and let's get the job done. That may be where it came from. Who knows? Maybe you do. I don't know. I have not researched because there's no need for me to research this. It's, it's, it's the, the bigger picture that I want to point you to in this episode. I wrote an article some time back about this very thing because I given, you know, I have given thought about this long and hard. And what even became more so for me as a psychotherapist and my work involved working with people and trying to help them develop their own individuality. Individuality. I said that so fast, right? Their own individual. Forget it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Individuality. So anyway, it's the whole idea of of having them develop their own self-confidence, their personality, and their strengths. And, you know, we find all these, and people would say to you, get your strength finders and find out what your strengths are. Do your personality test and find out what your personality is and work, and, you know, work the strength Work on your strength, develop the strength, identify that, know, you know, all of that stuff. Why are people then telling us to, to go and identify and develop and work our strengths? Why? Why should we develop those skills and our personality, find out what that is, what how we are wired, and work with that with, with that? Why should we do all those things? When we now get into a place where we're among other people, whether it's a work environment, a team environment, or any other setting, and then be told there's no I, it's almost like saying to us, don't you think you're going to come inside here and do your own thing? I don't think anybody, well, I would not say anybody, but most people who are on teams of any kind, the only reason why they would join a team is because they want to work alongside somebody else. What else? Why else? Why not just do their own thing? So it's implied that when someone joins a team, whether it's a work team or a sports team, they are in essence already saying, I want to work with others to get the job done to win together, and so on, right? That's the only reason why. They know they cannot do what they want to do by themselves. So then why are we telling that person now that there's no I? It's almost like shutting them down. It's like saying, don't use your strengths here. Leave that at the door and fall in line. That's where I believe this whole ideology comes from. Is to have people fall in line and just behave themselves 
and be robotic. Let's find clones of one another. Let's just have everybody be, you know, in uniformity and be like everybody else. And isn't that one of the things we are pushing back against in telling people, don't be like everyone else. Be yourself. Wait a minute. Isn't that so confusing? Be yourself. But then when we try to be ourselves in the working environment, our leaders come alongside and say, hey, what be right? They point out, point that out. They pull ranks. They, they will shut us down immediately, fire us, whatever it, else it is. But here's what happened. Smart leaders do the opposite. They put the I in team. I believe sometimes it's leaders who are, and again, who are lazy. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying a person is lazy. It's behavior, right? They have a lazy behavior. They don't want to get to know the people they're working with. They're leading. They don't want to know their strengths. Find that out and find how to best fit that person according to how their make their makeup according to their wiring it's easier just to throw everybody in and just say go for it why some people are frustrated is because they have a strength and they're not given an opportunity to put their strength to work that is their eye the eye part of themselves are not given an opportunity to show, showcase what they can do, be their best self. And so my thing is put the eye back in team and see what happens. Could that be the reason why many work teams or teams in general are just not producing as they could? Could it be the reason why so many people are disengaged because they're just not challenged. They're not given an opportunity to use their strength. Because again, if they tried, sometimes some leaders become very insecure, intimidated, and they don't want to be challenged that way because they've not taken the time to grow themselves. And so when somebody is really doing and want to be to put their best self and their strengths at work, it shows that leader up. And that's why in my new book, The Immortelligent Leader, I talk about this very thing, that whatever level you are as a, at a leader, for example, and John Maxwell also talked about this. Actually, I got this idea from him, one of one of his older books about the law of the lid, where he talks about the fact that you cannot grow or your team cannot grow beyond where you are. So if let's put some numbers to this. Say that you are at a, you know, your company is a 10, but you are at a five or a six. Let's give you that, a six, you're above half. And your team, guess what? Will not grow beyond Six, number one, will not get there because that's where you are as a leader. So that they will get to a five or a five and a half. And the lid, they hit the lid and they cannot go beyond. And they will not produce more than that five and a half production level. Why? Because that's where you are at as a six, as a leader. 
Therefore, your job, your task, and in my book, I talk about this, that leaders, leadership is craftsmanship. And what I mean by that is that leaders have to realize that leadership is not a position or a title or a role. It is a skill, a a a number of skill sets that must continually be developed. It's like a muscle. If you don't develop your muscles, they atrophy, right? Atrophy sets in because those muscles are not being developed. So if you as a leader is not growing and developing yourself mentally and emotionally, right? Now, there are other parts of your beings that your being that ought to be developed as well, right? Physically, um, socially, and, and spiritually. But the two parts right now that is so important for this episode, the context of this episode is your intellect and your emotion. You've got to work on those two. You've got to develop those. And so I outline in that chapter what developing your mental or your intellectual skill or skills would look like, how to do that. Because that is taking you from a six to a seven to an eight. And the higher you go, the more your team have room to grow as well. And the more they grow, the more you grow, the more they go, the more you go, right? Meaning you go after things, you get more things accomplished because you're growing. And so as a smart leader who is growing and identifying the players in the team and looking and putting them in that position that you see that best fit. You know, look at a sports coach. That's a leader. And he or she looks at the team that they have. Number one, they, they, they recruit for the positions they want anyway. So they really have a legs up on this. But let's take, for example, a high school coach or a college coach who yet have not fully identified because they're taking people who are coming who want to say, hey, can I be a part of this team? And they don't have a track record yet. Well, they have, may have some, but not a, a whole lot. And in some sports, what they're trying to do is find where is the best fit for this individual. That is putting the eye in team, is looking for the strengths, looking for the skills and say, where can I place this person where they can give the optimal performance that they possibly can? And if I can put them in that position, the team have a better chance of developing to be a a powerhouse team. And so that coach look for the players and, and will say, okay, you play this position, you're stronger here. And the person might not even realize it because we don't even realize our strengths sometimes until somebody else sees it and point that out to us, which is part of the developmental process. But leaders who are smart and are not lazy, right? Again, behaviorally, I'm not labeling here, but is a leader who is going to act in a not lazy manner. Let's put it that way so you don't think I'm to, I want to make sure that people don't think I'm calling somebody lazy because I don't like I don't label people. I don't like to do that. Let's put it that way. It's not a good thing. But leaders who behave who take a lazy position 
okay, who takes a lazy position will gladly use that. There is no I in, I'm sorry, there's no I in team. They will use that card and pull that card as ranking or as just to get somebody to fall in line and behave themselves. And what happened, you now have one frustrated person. And guess what? When you have one frustrated person, it spills over. It's contagious. It will make everything go bad. You know, uh, you may have heard this, but we all, well, most of us at some point may have been told this phrase, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. I I heard that so often growing up in, in Jamaica and here even in the States while I was growing up and still do. A person may use the phrase, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. And that's so true. You put a bunch of apples and one bad one inside there and see what happens. I see it happens in strawberries as well. Whenever we get those strawberries in a container and one of those goes bad, eventually the one beside it right away started to go bad. And then the one beside that one started going, going bad. And before, before long, the whole bunch has gone bad. And that happens when you have a frustrated player, a frustrated team member who is not allowed to play their string, their strength, how they're wired, and they're frustrated. That frustration spills over onto somebody else. And now they become frustrated because this person is not pulling their, quote, weight, unquote. And so it begins to create this spiral, this downhill spiraling. My thing is, why not look for uh, the people who have certain strengths and do the homework, do the work, and put them in positions that they can be, where they have a better fit, and give their best self to that job, that task. That's why I say, and will say, smart leaders Put the eye. Now, I'm only, I'm saying they do, but I'm, I'm also saying become a smart leader and put the eye back in team. See what happens. Experiment with that. Begin to even revisit your, your team and see maybe somebody is in, their wrong, in the wrong position. Maybe they're in the wrong spot and need to be replaced where they have a better fit. Maybe. And, and just see what happens. And therefore, see if the team does not function better when everybody is clicking in their position. And, and some some people may just need to, you may help them develop because they have a, you know, a bend towards certain things, certain skills, and all they need is just a push, a nudge for someone to, to give them a chance to develop. So I understand not everyone can play a quarterback or a goalkeeper or a striker or a pitcher, not everyone, but if we see a certain strength and maybe a secondary strength, that both strengths, given the chance, that person will be happy to do either. Why not? Why not put the eye back in team and see how that team function? So yes, I know it might be controversial. I know I'm going against and going against and possibly challenging a long-standing accepted phrase or a viewpoint, but I'm wondering, you know, maybe maybe where this thought originated was well-intentioned, but it may have been mis mis 
misunderstood, maybe misused and misapplied, and and somebody just kind of accepted that it, it, that it means that we to be a team, you've got to be in uniformity. See, it's not about uniformity; it's unity is a key. We want people to be in unity. Yes, that's team. We unify around certain things, but uniformity is not a good thing. It means bringing people to, to be, because unity means one, right? So it's one form. Look like look like the other person. Everybody looks alike. That can't be healthy for a team, can it? So I challenge you today as a leader to revisit this idea and take a look at your team and see, is there someone out of position? Is there someone whose strength and you saw that and you've seen it and you know it, but you've just kind of gone along with that? Maybe you might need to reassign or realign them in a better position and set them free. Set them free and see what happens. But here's what happened. You've got to grow yourself. You've got to develop where your confidence and your security is not easily kind of challenged. Not challenged, but you don't get bent out of shape because you'll see that somebody is really making strides. No. The more they are that way, number one, number it allows you to become sharper and become better at your jobs. They can push you to grow yourself. So that might be very helpful to you, right? And number two, everybody everybody wins. The team wins when that person is not free to do what they're best qualified, wired for, and it fits their bent more so. So again, I just want to put that out for food for thought. And I'm the one that will say, Put the eye back in team, and I stand by that. This is my message, (laughs) and I stand by it. So again, join me in this idea, because this is what Immortelligence is all about. When I wrote the book about the Immortelligent leader, succeed where others failed, and become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow, these are the things that leadership, Immortelligent leaders are doing. This movement of leaders, they're doing the things. We're, we're kind of breaking things the way they have always been and, and have been accepted. And who says? Question things. Revisit things and see what happens. If you want to know more about this movement, I want to encourage you to join the brand new Facebook group that I've put together just for leaders like you who want to be become part of this movement who are going to challenge status quo and lead differently. I call it lead immortelligently. And you, you will get more of that as you've listened to me and my new book comes out. And actually, actually, I'm going to make an announcement very, very soon uh, over this weekend about my book launch, when, when it's going to be, and what's going to be, going to be happening. But I want, want you to join me in our new Facebook group. It's called Immortelligent Leaders Forum. So if you search for Immortelligent Leaders Forum, you will find that in Facebook. Request to join. There are three questions you've got to fill out. It's important you fill those questions out. Request to join, and I would love to have you there. We're going to make that become the group that is a movers and shakers group to shake up the industry of leadership and do leadership a bit different 
than how it has been done in the past. And you'll see what I'm talking about the more you listen to me, the more you follow me, and, the, and when you read my book, you will see what I'm talking about. So make sure you request to join. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Immortaligent Leaders, right? So E-M-O-T-E-L-L-I-G-E-N-T-N-T, G-E-N-T. So Immortaligent, Immortaligent. And so it's facebook.com slash groups slash Immortaligent Leaders. Request to join. I would look forward to seeing you there. I would love to have you there. Fill those three questions out and join us. But you must be a leader. This is only for leaders who want to succeed where others have failed and become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Okay, so I look forward to seeing you and let's see where it goes from there. But remember this, you're one skill away, one skill away. With that said, my friend, you know the drill if you've been around for some time. Peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah. Thank you.